0: What is going on, everybody? It's real with Jordan and Demi in LA. I'm Jordan in the UK all (laughs) the way. It's late at night there in the UK. We got Demi Ramos. What's going on? And our guest today is Bear from Need to Breathe. What's going on, Bear?
1: I'm great, man. How y'all doing?
0: So you've got the new album out. You're on tour. You're right in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, So the new album, Caves, is out and we'll get into the collabs later. But you're on tour right now. I think you're you're on you're on the west side of the country right now. Um, what is tour life like for you? How comfortable is your tour bus situation? Do you like to glamp it up, or what's what's your lifestyle like on tour?
1: It's good, man. I mean, it's always about how the vibe backstage is. I always say shows are better when the when the backstage when the crew's good and when the bands you know. Uh, um, we're in Reno um right now and we're we're uh, played sacramento last night we we got tattoos after the show last night which was awesome
0: matching uh, tattoos they're not matching
1: no, i got one the drummer got his first which was a big deal um so if his mom's watching this i'm sorry to be the one to break the news but oh no that's a big <laughs> deal
0: that's a big deal to get especially yeah. like after the age of 20 it's a big deal to get a new a, to be the you know most yeah. of us
1: um, yeah, most of us have them, but it was a fun, it's literally this girl we had tried to do it at Oregon or something like that. She comes to the VM VIP it's like, hey, you try to get a tattoo I brought my gear this time. Like, after the show, let's do it. <laughs> So it was it was pretty cool. What did you get? Um, I have like uh some cougars, like it's like a line drawn thing. It's like I've been drawing forever years on my phone. So
0: oh really? So it's a long time coming.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. Now you can just pull a piece of like flash hilarious. off the wall
2: kind of crazy band when you're on tour. And there's like different kinds of bands. There's ones that like do the chill thing, the sober tour. Yeah. So you guys are the the wild childs.
1: We're not, we're really not anymore. I mean, we've been doing this over 20 years. So like the definitely the first 10 or so years we would have been Rolling Stones and the Beatles, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But, but you know, now everybody's pretty chill. What's, what's nice now to have a good time like that and that you don't worry somebody's gonna go off the rails. Nobody's going to be caring us, There's not that kind of riffraff, which is, you know, just allows everybody to have a good time and not be worried about everybody.
0: Yeah. Not as many shenanigans.
1: Yeah, it's not, but we have, we honestly have more fun touring than we ever have. Cause I think, I think we have a realization of like, man, we're going to be doing 50 shows. Like we're not as young as we used to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great every day, you know? uh, But after the show is where the, we're sort of wind down happens and, and uh, we're having fun right
0: right now you got the new album out caves um you're on tour with judah and the lion and you have the track dreams on the new album with 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 them um have you guys known judah for a while or how did you kind of get acquainted with him
1: yeah we played shows together um years ago and uh and he he told me he was a big fan like probably 10 or 15 years ago maybe um and then told me when he Started talking about doing this tour and writing the song and all that, that he had come and seen us play when he was in college and was like, Oh, I think I want to make a band. Now I know what to do. Um, So, it, which makes a lot of sense. I look back at photos from that time. They were dressing like us and playing the banjo and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it's to watch them had their success sort of in a different world than ours in a lot of ways. Um, You know, they went and did a 21 Pilots tour and an Incubus tour. They're
0: more on the alternative side yeah. of things. So,
1: Um, and him get along really well. He's younger than me, obviously, but he, he, um, he played college baseball and college football. So we have a little bit of that kind of, um, you know, competitive thing. Uh,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Demi's kind of a sports person. Demi's kind of a sports person. Uh, I'm just giving her a hard time. Um, but no, yeah, Judah was on our show about three. It's been, I looked it up. It's been almost three years since he was on our show. But uh, just a real wow. gym, a gym of a guy. The phrase "gym of a guy" was yeah. was made for for Judah for sure.
1: Yeah, he's a sweetheart. He's an awesome performer too. I mean, the guys. Wild. Oh yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! It's I mean, he does it all the way. It's Really fun. But the kind of the guy like after show, send you like this sweet message, of, like man, I'm so inspired. That kind of thing. So it's been it's been great.
2: fun. Right. Fact: You guys did a tour with uh, Taylor Swift, right?
1: And like we did.
2: 2011 yeah who's that uh, like
1: was something like that mm-hmm.
2: uh
1: that was even crazy for us because like we were at the time we were kind of like a rock club band, like doing like maybe 2,000 tickets a night kind of thing so mm-hmm. it was like happening but but we had never played you know like cowboy stadium and all that stuff so it was like yeah immediately it was like oh there's 80,000 people here now we got to figure out how to do this right uh, and and I felt like just taught us a lot with that because we we really we knew the rock and roll like don't talk a lot just play the songs kind of vibe but then but yeah. then really to that when your face is on the video all that stuff um, and also her work ethic is pretty I mean everybody knows it, but it's pretty crazy um, I had not met anybody that I thought worked as hard as me until I met her um, wow. I think this, I think it taught the whole, the whole band a lot about you know bro um, really
2: professionalism work ethic yeah i think there are two types of bands i think they're the the rock and roll bands that talk to a crowd and engage and then you have like the ones that just go on play and just just rush off i don't know what that's about so why were you the
1: rock and roll band that just kind of like dipped off stage you're not a big stage
0: banter kind of guy yeah. never,
1: like, honestly like i feel like i've gotten that's probably been the hardest work i've had to do you know in the band is really like the front man kind of thing hey yeah. uh, it's not my personality I'm pretty i'm very shy and um but also i just grew up on like like black crows were like my favorite band when i was in mm-hmm. high school or whatever so it's like tom petty all that kind of stuff so it was like um it was just i was a very like i didn't even want to like put the guitar down i was like any when i was in high school any band that didn't play guitar like and the singer just sang i was like i'm out on that you know what i mean
0: like that's not yeah my-
1: I mean, you're like soft <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it, it is. <laughs> which is silly obviously looking back at it and you realize like obviously you can't get outside the club without doing that in some ways mm-hmm. and then you start realizing man it's not it's it's so much more about a conversation with the audience than it is about what you're actually playing and yeah. i think that's true like with every artist i see Like it's it, being able to relate nights make it feel like this night is the only night they're seeing it and it's special oh yeah
0: I mean, and it's got to be cool for you. I mean, it's you guys play arenas. There's got to be moments when you're playing, like, your most popular songs and the audience is just eating up Or you like got to be looking around and be like, this is so cool. Like, there's still after there's 20 a, years.
1: Our fans are really weird. Like, I mean, I tell them that, too. I mean, it's like, it's the broadest. It's like, if you to see it, it's like every age group, every sort of demographic, like, belief system, all that stuff, like, just, like, piled into one place. And they're the kind of fans that, like, sing all the b-sides as loud well as they sing the hits um wow. that to us like you know uh, the avet brothers were kind of a, a band that, like we saw coming up it was like they're doing it the right way in that way where it's just like they can play any set we're cool um we feel like that and that's that's probably where i'm and we're playing the song that's like you know not a big song or catalog never had a video there's no like you know and our fans are singing it back they've been living their lives to it That like,
0: i think fans really appreciate when you play an album cut that's a fan favorite because there, there is like that cross section of fan favorites that weren't singles, you know,
1: I'll do it more and more of the streaming. We're finding songs off our old records, like streaming, like crazy, like, um, mm. beautiful thing. It, it didn't used to be like when I was coming up, it was like when the record cycle was over the record, is like put to bed, you know, right. Um, our our fans are finding three records ago and they're making them essentially hits to us right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah speak uh let's go cool. let's talk about the the making of this album you do have multiple collaborations on here um you have the judah song you have carly pierce uh there's somebody else i'm missing um i yeah i had him yeah uh
1: yeah there's several yeah
0: yeah 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 so is this oh yeah i was forgetting about the foy Vance. uh um, Old Old Dominion was the big one, and that is more of like the straight. Because one thing that's interesting about you guys, is you guys have always been like this labelless, but people want to label you things kind of band. And and I like that you have these songs on this album that sound like country songs, songs that sound are like almost approaching metal, and then the songs that are almost like acoustic singer songwriter, more you know top forty pop songs. So do you almost like kind of enjoy that people want
1: to yeah
0: you. <laughs>
1: horrible for marketing obviously but it's like it's just the only way to do it. like we're just trying to make records that don't bore. you know like if you were to listen to the whole thing like a playlist in that way um and i think it just and we're a real band which just doesn't hardly exist anymore for a million reasons but like in the sense of like everybody gets input in the band it's like this is wow. like. So i like this kind of music I, I like these here's what i've been listening to let's work on something that you know drives like and i think that um that's always been important just i was a big fan of like beck and jack white and all that kind of stuff of the sense of like every record felt like who knows where they're about to go with this you know what i mean
0: sure we yeah
1: hip-hop records and then and then did a folk record you know that won a grammy like i i thought you know if we could create an audience that was okay with that sort of surprise time um, that would keep us inspired and um keep it fresh for us
0: I've, i always find it interesting you know working with old dominion working with Ju- Judas now down to a duo but the idea of a band doing a song with another band, like how that works when you have multiple, you have multiple bass players or multiple guitar players, yeah. is yeah, that it, more it, difficult than it, doing a solo artist collaboration?
1: It can be. It can be. I think it was easier with the Old Dominion thing. We met them. We were doing an Allman Brothers tribute in New York, and they were on the bill with us. And we met them backstage and realized we had a lot in common. With the way the bands had gotten together, and how long we've been playing, and some of the influences. And literally, I just, I mean, it, the song was. Based we only central dominion which is a little different labs and i was like hey i don't know if y'all you know they like 30 seconds we're in. <laughs> so that's kind of like worked out for me I, I, we tried to do something in the past but it felt a little bit more forced like label driven kind of thing but all these friends and we knew they're fans of the band and we get the sort of feeling of the song and, and um I, mean, I don't know if y'all know before like maybe one of the most people in the world that is not a big artist like that but has written a bunch of songs with Ed Sheeran and all that. It's just, um and so I've always thought like we've got to get him on something that's like heavy heartfelt kind of thing cuz
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: got that sort of um thing and he killed it. So Right, right.
0: And and first, every, first, go ahead, go ahead. First scene. Yeah, explain your hat. Like Yeah, what's, what's on
1: yeah, it's just a uh, it's a Nashville like stylist that makes these uh, hats that I found at a vintage store, um, but I'm always like, I'm, it's all it's kind of I think a play on that like one in the USA stuff where you know everybody like made that like a patriotic song and actually a little bit of a protest song.
0: Right, right, yeah, I I, I love it when people misinterpret songs completely.
1: They're, we're the king of it. I mean, I tell a story like we've had so many sing. We had a song early on. called which obviously was about death like, and NASCAR used it, it was like, <laughs> so I'm like oh there you go you, know? mm-hmm.
0: you you touched on it a little bit earlier the, the 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 wide demographic that you guys cover I feel like do do like southern conservative people want to want to adopt you as one of their own and then the, like the rock people want to adopt you as their own and I know um that the Christian music community, loves to latch on to anyone who's vaguely sure, christian sure,
1: sure. switch foot for example yeah yeah, yeah. You no know, yeah. definitely been it's more so now which is crazy to say like you know maybe there was that sort of um people just hated christian music so like that was kind of a tough deal to get over because we you know dialed that way but um but now it's just like every that's the way everything is there's like there's almost like two cancel cultures now like if you're conservative and you say a certain thing, you're canceled. If you're liberal and you say a certain thing, you're canceled for that, you know? Um, it's just gotten where the sides are so much wider. But I think for us, we've always tried to like, just keep it simple with the band in terms of like, what are we going through? What do we feel? Let's talk about that. And like, try to keep from getting like caught up in that, like letting people own us. Cause obviously right. that's incredibly limiting as an artist. And, and you know, we, this, we say this all the time, but we don't really even think about the audience when we're writing music. Um, and that's hard to do the longer you've done it. You kind of know what your fans would like maybe, but that's our worst stuff has ever been written. That was written with that in mind. Like, Oh, these people will love this thing. It's like, who cares about that? Just make, make what you like. Yeah.
0: Love that's that. Something. Love that. Love that.
2: What does the songwriting process look like considering that like every bandmate has input? Is there ever any clashing of
0: ideas or. How yeah. it's fights, giant brawls. Yeah.
1: yeah. We've had, yeah. We've- and we we've a we had a fist fight years ago that's been a long time no. um in the
2: like,
1: studio. what's that not but in, the, in studio, the studio actually um but but i mean we we're just you know the the truth is like everybody has strong opinions the, the the trick is to not is like to not get rid of conflict but have healthy conflict i think when we can get our egos out of the way somebody can have an idea and the, and we give it time and listen to it and then we're like we don't like this you're not crushed it's not like oh I, it was they killed me they just killed the idea you know and then the same way don't take don't take credit for ideas that's the hardest thing i think being in a band for this long is you you know some spark happens in the studio and then that becomes a hit song and now whoever that guy is thinks they're the genius the gift of music <laughs> when in reality like it only happens because we're all in there together and we're kind of beating mm-hmm. it up nobody's idea is only there um so i i kind of love that part of it 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 takes a little longer probably on a band record than I, mean, I have a solo project called Walter Woods, which is a little easier when you're like the boss, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. What you're saying. good. But I think, I think with the band that's kind of, I've always thought like Led Zeppelin or something like that would not have been the same without any one of those members. And that's mm-hmm. been the, it's like, if you're going to do a band, might as well be like that.
0: Right. Right. What did you, and because you have this interesting situation, you, you grew up, you're from you, the band's from South Carolina Um, you have a little bit of a draw, um, especially to our East coast. Well, I'm from Kansas city originally, which you will be in Kansas city in a few days. What did you grow up listening to? What kind of influenced the kind of music that you wanted to make?
1: Yeah. I I think the stuff that hit me the hardest was I grew up in like a, uh, my dad was a preacher. So I grew up in like a pretty like. I don't know, contemporary church, I guess, like uh, had a band and everything, but really diverse, like not like you're thinking like Southern Baptist kind of thing. It was like, it was kind of rock and roll.
0: Non-denominational.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just, and really like, it was cool because, you know, it's the only place you can play when you're 15. So I like, can go out and play at a club. Um, so I learned how to play through that. And, and a lot of the music there is like that I loved about gospel was like, it was songs that you were meant to live to, like that you could lean on in a tough time that felt like very, just had something important wasn't just about the weekend, you know. And I think the music was like, uh Joe Cocker or Ray Charles or the Black Crows, all those things that felt achy to me, um, were the things that like I gravitated to. And I still feel like probably I'd say, you know, that's the biggest comment we get when, you know, coming to a meeting good or something like, I, I got married, I walked down the aisle of your song or my first kid, I named him you, or, you know, like even at my dad's funeral, we played this song or whatever. I think that's kind of that's kind of where we live in the world, um, is making music people live live to.
0: Yeah. You mentioned Joe Cocker, Chris Robinson, both big, soulful vocalists, big, you know, big hooks and, and really emotional, intense vocals. So when you were kind of coming with your vocal style, were those the, the kind of guys that you modeled after? Cause I feel like your, your vocal style can translate from like hard rock or you can go country or you could, I could see you doing a straight up gospel, not maybe like a Gaither family thing, but like you could go into the gospel direction.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think honestly, my my voice is like kind of is what it is. Like it's gotten better over the years in terms of you know the strength of it and sort of the growl and all that stuff. But honestly, like it's it was always weird. I just remember like the first time I played, when I was sixteen. First time I, saw, I played in front of people, they were like, "Whoa, that's unique." <laughs> I don't think they were saying it was good. It was just like that's different um and so we kind of i, I mean—I tell people i was like i have a fat voice so like i have to be careful get in the mix it's like too big takes over everybody else um but yeah it's really just like the voice i think it's just been helped on the road but those those people that sang that mm-hmm. way feel something i always thought like the vein popping out of the neck the like sweaty singer <laughs> Thing was like, yeah.
0: Like, was, like meatloaf or something. Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: yeah. Like, I just think there's so much passion to that. I think people can feel that. And, and, um, so you have to dial it back for certain songs and vibes and all that, but, but, uh, that's probably the sweet spot.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the, the categorization, how have you kind of straddled that line where you don't irritate the Christian s- part of yeah. your base, but you can also sing to a secular audience. How have you kind of straddled that line over the years? And how do you feel about this sort yeah. of category that you've been put in?
1: Yeah, honestly, we don't do it very well. Probably we've made a lot of mistakes over the years in that, and that, and a lot of it was just naive. Like the first record deal we signed um, was with Atlantic records and all these like Christian labels that tried to sign us before that. And we just weren't interested. It was like, that's not the way we want to go. Um, but I grew up like, pretty conservative background my parents would only let me listen to christian music until i was like 12 or 13 or something like that so they had these little christian bookstores where you could go listen to the demos and we would just like sit in there and try to find anything cool so it was like all kinds of crazy metal and whatever was like sneaking through the cracks is what i was listening to so we signed with atlantic i was like hey could, could y'all put this in those bookstores for kids like me and that's literally how this kind of thing like went. We were just—it was a naive thing for me, like not knowing like this will be categorized in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, Atlantic just literally had no idea at the time. They were like, "We don't care." I mean, whatever. <laughs> you know, like they yeah. were. Like, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know? And so it's- I think a lot of that is like how that this thing got to where it is And now it's so uncontrollable. I think it's—it'd be unfair for me to say like I love when people interpret our songs any way they want. Mm -hmm. i I want i want people to to feel that relationally like if i write about my kids but they think it's about their wife that's awesome you know so it's the same way they feel like christian song i don't want to be like no 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 you know it's so i don't yeah
0: i was i was uh, listening to your catalog you know getting ready for this interview and i'm listening to some of your songs i'm like is this about a woman or about god like i
1: and i think most of the time we know in the song um (laughs) but i also have always liked that like I, i would say our writing style um is trying to let the audience be uh, a co-author in it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I feel like our experiences are, are limited. So it's nice when people can apply their experiences. Is we talk about the feelings and the emotions that are human in it, that allows that. I feel like the, uh, the listener hears it and he goes, Oh, that, that reminds me of my whatever, my cousin, uh, whatever, this friend I had when I was a kid or whatever it is. To me, and that's very Bruce Springsteen. thing to bring that up, I feel like, just the idea that. He's writing about a car, but you know, it's really not about a car.
0: Right, right. Right,
1: I think it's always like, like that we value.
0: Yeah. Looking back
2: to like that first deal, right? Like how cool is it to kind of like, you know, see you go from A to Z? Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying?
2: Do you ever have those moments?
1: Yeah. Oh, all the time. All the time yeah. it still feels and a lot of that stuff still feels like yesterday even though it's been a really long time um but you know i just remember like, we got signed we go to new york and they like take us to this restaurant none of us if it had been to like a nice restaurant like that and at the time none of us even drank i think our drummer maybe did and they bought like you know the thousand dollar bottle of wine or whatever and we we're yeah. passing the wine under the table to the drummer because all of us don't want to be like embarrassed I- them or whatever you know what i mean it was that it was such an overwhelming thing in those first few years um i think that's probably the thing that's changed them the most being comfortable in, in like a lot of different situations seeing the world and all that but all the time i walk out because because i have kids i go home it's like regular life you know what i mean i can kind of dip out of all of this and then you step into an arena and, and it's like ten thousand people and they know all the words and like um i think it's easy because we don't we don't walk around like rock stars outside of doing this thing. We we kind of turn it on and we go on, on the shows and um, like Hannah Montana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're the Bono characters that they that they mm-hmm. put together. Um, I think that's like a little self protective also, and that's mm-hmm. really I think we've learned to, to use that um, Balance, Yeah, yeah, because because inevitably there'll be stuff that people don't like, and you're going to make mistakes. Like it's it's important to know it's like it's not you that they don't like. You know, it's just mm-hmm. music that you're. And also when they love it, it's also not you that they like, you know, they, they, they like this music, the thing you're delivering.
0: What does making a need to breathe album look like in terms of, I know you, the more successful you are, you get bigger budgets, but also once you've made several albums, you kind of know the routine. Um, what is it easier is it harder maybe there's more red tape because there's bigger productions like what is it like making an album now versus 15 years ago
1: i mean it's easier in some ways because um you know we obviously have gotten better at it and and we sort of know the people we want to work with and the type of places where where it's going to be best for us um it's very old school with our takes about a year to make a record for us um you know not all all on that whole Like we just, the band needs to work the songs out. We need to really feel like that. And it's tough to record a band like that. So many records are made on laptops now. Um, So it's a little bit, you know, taking a long way to get there. Um, But also the hard part is knowing too much, you know, like that's the probably hard, that's the thing.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was referring to. You become like, like Demi, Demi's usually the one to ask about this, but being a perfectionist in the studio about who's, or how picky you are about the mix, all that kind of stuff. Has has that become more?
1: Uh, definitely, definitely i think we're aware of it more and I, and I think too it's just like you you know what you're capable of it's like oh this song could this could tie up better or whatever but the result might not be better you know so it's like it, this version of the thing is like what actually gives the emotion to people and most listeners are that kind of thing but one thing that we've all done is like anytime something sounded nice to us we went to through- way. So like I remember the first nice guitars we got, we would never record with them because we're like, let's, those are two, like, get the cheapest kind of thing and let's turn it way up, you know? <laughs> so there's mm-hmm. always a little bit of that, like, sort of, the sort of, I guess, folk kind of influence, some of that stuff. But like, let's keep it a band. Let's keep it small time, uh, even though we have those budget, you know, you could have anybody play on it
0: speaking of guitars are you a big gear collector guy are you one of those guys that has 25 30 guitars and seven keyboards or like what's Dude, your did. instrument
1: collection like it's mostly guitars um and there's probably i probably have 30 or so um i'm a big <laughs> i like the old um acoustic stuff like i like old gibsons the most so like anything sixties. Wow.
0: so you're gibson over martin when it comes to acoustic
1: i am yeah yeah, yeah.
0: what about electric
1: uh, I'm still Gibson. I play at 335
2: most of the time. It's um, the crunch, yeah.
1: It, yeah, it's like it's. I like I like sort of the dirtiness of all that. Like and mm-hmm. even the new ones, they put new pickups in them and stuff. I'm always like, I can't get to the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little bit um, that way, and we're still an amp band. So, I mean, most bands see us low, like, but <laughs> this is like from. Um, but we still have the double amps on each. You know, on the rig thing, it's we take that serious
0: what do you personally like what do you listen to nowadays like do you find time to listen to music other people's music it's, or
1: i do I, it's it's weird I go in cycles like when I'm making a record probably I listen more um and then when I'm off I kind of take a little bit and try not to inspire too much before I start writing but um I really I, we just all know a con um I'm a big like I like I love Paula. I like I mean it's there's so much new thing happen with lyrically that probably is the thing that that right now happening where it's there's so much more freedom in it there was a period there for like felt like 10 years where like formula of verse decorus had to be exactly that now even in pop like the big songs even about la Flowers song Miley Cyrus, like that could have been a folk song from 10 years before it you know what i mean right. that, there's just mm-hmm. so much freedom to the meat of an expression and the fact that things can go viral and all that people are picking up on the actual is this new is this fresh like is this somebody's real take um, Damn. That's,
2: that's, interesting. Kind of, uh,
1: that's interesting Wow I, I just think that seems like I have a kid, uh, a friend of mine named Steven Sanchez uh, that hit last year And it's like, and it came out of nowhere you know, this kid, Yeah, like, we had
0: Steven on the show About uh, six months ago, maybe
1: So yeah. like, only two years ago He had a Wilderwood show Dressed like me, wearing the same suit <laughs> Wilderwood was wearing, right? And he's backstage And he dad hey, we play you a song and I'm like, I guess it's one of those like kind of awkward moments. You know, that's how I met him. And literally like a year later, he's gotten the this- story. So that's like you know, a it's a whereas you used to have, you know, like you get played on K-Rock, like you're big, you know. And now it's it in a in a kind of a cool way. I think it's like it's lowered the barrier of entry and also allowed the creative stuff to just like really be bubbling up.
0: Well, it's it's just not as specific a sound that you're going for now. I mean, I was listening to, to You Are Here, you know, like a few yeah. hours ago and then listened to Caves and you can tell it's the same band, but I definitely feel like You Are Here felt like it was sort of chasing that mid-2000s sort of like, like um Daughtry style, like top 40 rock kind yeah.
1: of thing. I was always um, like romance and all that kind of stuff was going on at the time. That's the vibe? Yeah, it's funny that like, our, when we first time with Atlantic, their big thing was like, hey, we want you to be more emotional, <laughs> which is like less redneck. And so, the Outsiders' record for us was the first one where you put a banjo on it, and harmonica. All that stuff was like really bad. That was, of course, like probably a year before and that kind of thing happened. But like, Atlantic used to be like, yeah, you put a harmonica on this, so no one will play. You put There were so many rules about that. And now there's just not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny.
0: I have, we have a pretty close relationship with Atlantic and we interview, I photograph several Atlantic artists, work with them on different projects and, and they have a very much like nowadays, they're very much like whatever the artists giving them the the movement and the freedom. And because of that whole, you're talking about the viralness is you don't know. It could be some, you know, like think about how unlikely a song like old town road, you know, like basically a, a country influenced song sang by a, an African-American queer singer. Like it just, it just doesn't, you just have no idea
1: now. Yeah. I think it made it like it felt way back in the day for just, why is the radio playing the same song? Like yeah. The only thing you could listen to now is like playlists or vibes and all that kind of stuff. So people, they have a choice and they're making from nothing that's only making the art better in my opinion. Um, you know, I, I hope that we get back to where music is valuable. The one thing I hate about the one art form that is price. And therefore, it's like, doesn't matter what you make it for, it doesn't matter how you make it. You know, there was, there was a time like big, re- like Aerosmith's record or whatever, it was it to make a record like that now would cost you millions of dollars. Nobody mm-hmm. spends music. I hate that. But the idea that, that, yeah anyone can jump in with it. if they got a song it's like from their soul and and people react to it like they're, they' they get a ticket to the game
0: and i do I do find it i I am sort of pleased that Nashville is loosening up their standards oh, yeah. of what is a country song and what's not a country song and for years and and that's one thing i I thought about when I'm listening to you guys is that you know if you're too hard then you're country rock, and if you're too soft then you're bluegrass or you're something you know and you have guys like Zach Bryan and, and you know, um, uh, Casey Musgraves and and people just kind of like make, getting songs that are hits on the country charts, but also don't feel like canned, you yeah. know, conveyor belt country music. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I feel like yeah. I'm like shitting on Nashville right now, but.
1: No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, honestly, we didn't move. I moved there about six years ago. And the reason we didn't the 10 years before that was because of that exact thing. We're like, every record sounds the same coming out of there. Like, there's not enough. But a lot of stuff happened. You know, Jack White moved there and the Black Keys moved there. It's, like, all this, like, that kind of rock stuff. And then a bunch of pop artists. Like, everybody from L.A. writes in LA because the lyricists are incredible. And that, it was, like, a thing Didn't have in L.A. And I feel like that, um, yeah, it is it is wide open. Whole, like, there's a East Nashville is, like, the little Brooklyn of Nashville kind of, like, where like, you go out and see a crazy band any night of the week and it's not country or rock or what, it's just like something fresh. And um, So that's a fun scene to be in right now.
2: Yeah. When I hear yeah. you talk about like songs or just like songwriting in general, I just feel like I want to ask this question and it's like, what makes a good song to you? Not even just a hit song, but what makes a good song?
1: I, I think it could be different things. I think the songs that last, um are the ones that i'm after i think to Mm -hmm. look back and go man we did that 10 years ago we could put this on a new record and it would still be great um Mm -hmm. a lot of times for me that's like if if i could play it on acoustic or a piano and just a vocal that's a real song um Mm -hmm. but saying that like you know there's such a world for vibe music right now. Like, you know, some of that Woods stuff, the, the solo stuff, it's like just a cool throwback vibe. And like, it's not really about, you know, having the hook at the end of the chorus or it's just like, man, I want to put this on and have it in the background a little bit. Um, so I think those are good songs too, just in a different way, but probably the things that I just like, you know, it's Hey Jude. And you know, all those kind of, those kind of songs, like that's going to be hard to beat for me, you know, when I come back to them.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show new album caves is out. Now you're on tour. You have a second leg of the tour in the spring too, right?
1: Yeah. It'll be all the outdoor, like amphitheaters, red rocks and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. nice. 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 You love it. Love
0: it. All right, bear. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.
1: Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate y'all. All
0: right. Bye. All right, Demi, let's cut this off. Let's end this. As always, as always, go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture and music news. Follow me on Instagram at Jordan Edwards Studio. Follow Demi at Demi underscore Ramos. Until next time, we'll see you later.